0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Very good morning to you. Uh, very good Tuesday morning to you as we welcome you along to the programme. John Paul taking your calls at 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp also available at 0862 103 103. And going through the papers uh, this morning, I think every single paper I went through have picked up on our story in our interview yesterday with Elaine Hennessy who was speaking about the loss of her gorgeous dad Paddy and her two uncles Willie and Johnny who died so tragically just about two months ago in uh, Mitchellstown and I thought her line where she described them as absolutely the nicest men you'd ever meet and she was so brave speaking to us yesterday all of the newspapers picking up on that story uh, today and I'm really hoping that out of that interview yesterday and the Publicity it has garnered today that the herself and Carmelo Gorman, the other lovely lady who spoke with us yesterday, who's a great advocate for mental health. They, they're, and of course, one of the main reasons they joined us, besides that, we wanted to remember the, the wonderful Hennessy brothers, but they wanted to promote the fact that they're doing a sleep out and they're abiding by all of the COVID restrictions. They're going to be doing a sleep out at the weekend and they're going to light lanterns at just as the dawn At about half five in the morning, in memory of everyone, anyone who's lost, whose lives have been lost or lost a loved one due to a mental health uh, issue. But they're hoping to use the sleep out to raise some money for the Cork Mental Health Group. And the idea would be to try to get some affordable counselling locally for people who are struggling. And corkmentalhealth.com, you can go to their website, Sleep Out to See the Dawn Break is the name of the fundraiser. And I really do hope that people contribute. To it because it is such a worthy, worthy cause. But as I say, all of the papers today picking up in our interview yesterday with uh, Elaine uh, Hennessy. And we once again, thanks Elaine for speaking with us yesterday. I was very aware of what a tough issue it was for her and that's why very courageous, very very brave young woman and we wish her and her family nothing but the best going forward. Now a little bit of good news when it comes to vaccination rollout and a little bit of, of positivity that's going to help with the rollout of the vaccine and also it's also going to help with the reopening of the country and our exit from lockdown. It's very much been given a boost because it It looks like now more than half a million people in their 50s will be able to get their COVID-19 jab earlier than was expected. You've probably been listening to this on the news all morning. It's understood that the one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine will be recommended for people over 50 by the National Immunisation Advisory Committee, NIAC. NIAC is also believed to be recommending that the age restriction on the use of AstraZeneca be eased and it's expected that that will also be offered to people in their 50s. As we know at the moment, AstraZeneca is confined to people over 60 but only for people in their uh, 60s. And by the way, if you are 60 and have in the last 12 months celebrated your monumental 60th birthday, today is the day that you can go on to hse.ie or ring 1850 24 1850 to register for your jab. But the allowing AstraZeneca to be given to the 50s and now throw in Johnson & Johnson, that's going to give greater flexibility to the HSE and obviously it's going to be all dependent on the supplies that come in. And the the 50 to 59 age group is a really big cohort of people in this country. It's estimated that there's 550,000 50 to 59 year olds. So our parents were all very busy in the 60s for sure. And if, as it's expected, NIAC will give the go ahead for the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca to be used on the 50s. It's you know, the 60s, as I say, are registering today. I'm assuming in the coming weeks, they'll be asking the over 50-year-olds to uh, register. And the HSE are saying that they could expect vaccinations. Uh, vaccinations. They were sort of saying that the over 50s will be getting vaccines sometime in June, but they reckon that will be well brought uh, forward because there is 40,000 doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccine due this month. There already are some in fridges, but there's 40,000 in total due in April, and we've only a few days left in April. And then in May, there's an even bigger bounce. There's 132,000 doses of Johnson & Johnson. 600,000 is expected for Johnson Johnson by the end of June. So so that certainly, even, the, even that 600,000 in Johnson Johnson alone would well cover the over 50s. The Chief Medical Officer, Tony Houlihan, will make the final decision on the recommendation from uh, NIAC they yesterday finalised their assessment of the age-related risk of the jab. Again, similar to the AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson is linked to a very, very small number of unusual blood clots and NIAC definitely cannot be accused of rushing their decision. They certainly have taken quite some time and quite a good number of meetings before deciding that yes it is going to be okay to give John- to give the Johnson & Johnson jab to the over 50s. NIAC is understood to have said it will also be able besides the over 50s it'll also be allowed to be used in a younger age group where there's no alternative I'd like more information on what they mean by that it'll also be given to vulnerable groups people like the homeless people people uh, who they feel it's difficult to reach for a second dose they reckon if they go to people in the homeless community I know they spoke before about the Roma community and the travelling members of the travelling community that they're fearful that if they give them a jab or they've got to come back for a second they may lose contact with them and not get them back for the second so that's where the Johnson Johnson would be particularly beneficial uh, for those particular groups. Now the decision will feed into the choices obviously that will be made by Dr Tony Houlihan and Neffert this week on what we can expect to be a very controlled plan to exit lockdown over May, June and uh, July. But certainly it is good news for anybody over 50 waiting on a vaccine. But as I say, I was surprised to see how many people, aged between 50 and 59 there, there are in this country because in the 60 to 69 group, there's something like 260,000 odd have uh, registered, I think out of about 280, 290,000, well over 80% of people in that age group have already registered to get their uh, jabs. So there's way more in the 50 to 59 uh, category. So we'll we'll wait to hear that official announcement today. But as I say, if that cohort of people managed to get vaccinated earlier, that then obviously boosts our vaccination numbers. We've gone to over a million people now have received a vaccine in this uh, country. That certainly will raise that a number, and will raise it quicker than what was expected. So it will certainly help Dr. Tony Houlihan and Neffert as they sit down this week to decide what are they going to re- recommend to the government. So, what way is this week going to go when it comes to the lifting of restrictions? Well, the government were told will reveal its plans uh, over the coming days. My guess is, and I'm, I'm, I must get confirmation on this, I think we are expecting to get it on Thursday evening. It initially was due to be Friday evening, but I'm sure I saw some of the political journalists posting last week that that got moved back to Friday. It got from, th- from the Friday of the bank holiday back to the day before to the Thursday because a number of the political journalists were saying, great, at least we can get our weekend off to a start, whereas they would have to have waited for the decision and write up their articles, etc. So it's looking like it's going to be at Thursday. Thursday. The Taoiseach Michal Martin for the last number of days has been and weeks has been saying outdoor activities will be the theme and the emphasis will be very much on staycation. So what will this week look like? The ministers, now they've got their usual cabinet meeting today but we're told the easing of restrictions they're not going to be talking about that. Neffert will meet tomorrow. They will then consider the current spread of the virus then they'll finalise their recommendations on what they think should be uh, lifted. Then the Cabinet Subcommittee on Co- Covid nineteen, they will meet tomorrow. They'll get the recommendations from uh, Neffers. They'll take a look at them. At them, then they will make their decision. Then the ministers will hold a special cabinet meeting on Thursday, where the cabinet subcommittee's recommendations and Neffers' recommendations will be put to them, and then they'll finally sign uh, off. And then an official announcement will be made. Tea time on Thursday, I'm kind of thinking. Well, let's wait and see. So what can we expect to reopen in May? Bearing in mind that May is only this weekend and everything, it seems to be from the 4th of May, which is going to be the Tuesday when we all go back to work, those of us are, who are at work after the bank holiday weekend. So from next Tuesday, this is what's expected. Click and collect services will resume. Garden centres and hardware shops, they will all likely to reopen early in the month. Haven't got a date on that yet. Ministers will later this week decide on how the rest of retail that's including your clothing shops when will they reopen it's expected to reopen sometime in May certainly not going to be as early as the 4th of May construction that's likely to fully reopen from next Tuesday for commercial building sites such as uh, offices and then as uh, we know because we've mentioned this yesterday from mid May uh, 50 people will be allowed to attend mass but of course funerals and weddings will remain at the funerals went to a new number yesterday of 25 and weddings remain the same six and then the bride and groom eight in total. Now, the junior minister, Robert Troy, he was speaking last Friday and he said that the government is also working on a phased roadmap for the hospitality sector and they're expecting movement for the hospitality sector from the end of May and the beginning of June. We may, This may see a return to outdoor dining and beer gardens and we could see that from the end of May But again, we wait on final confirmation. Personal services, so many people waiting for the hairdressers and the barbers and the beauticians and the nail bars uh, to open. They're expected to open sometime in May. Again, will it be the 4th? Will it be the middle of May? Uh, We wait for that uh, decision. And then moving to June With the vaccine rollout if it goes according to plan and if 82% of the adult population are vaccinated by the end of June which is what Micheál Martin and Stephen Donnelly are still sticking to they still reckon that they can meet that target that would mean By the end of June indoor dining would be likely to resume either at the end of June or certainly at the start of July. The European Commission is also expected to finalise this digital green search this vaccination passport if you will and that will allow people to travel between member states. Now that's only if they've been fully vaccinated are they immune from Covid. How are you immune from Covid? You're immune from Covid if you contracted it in the last six months. However ministers will be very much encouraging staycations and saying to people, avoid non-essential travel abroad. And of course, we know from day one, they have deemed a holiday non-essential travel. While there's been no indication yet when inter-county travel may resume, the push for staycations will be dependent on people, obviously, being able to leave their own county, except for us here in Cork. You could have a gorgeous holiday here in Cork. No matter where you are in the county, you could go to another part of the county and have a great staycation. But that's not when we are lucky other parts of the country or not and if they want to go in a staycation people will want to be able to leave their homes and travel to a different uh, county. And then what will happen in July, well they're saying that vaccination passports should be rolled out by about mid July. They're also expecting supports for the hospitality sector will be extended into these summer months and their talks of a new incentive for holiday makers will be introduced and that's to encourage people to remain in the country rather than to jump on a, a plane if the vaccination passports are rolled out in the middle of July. Uh, We will watch with great interest this new incentive for holidaymakers because certainly the one, the tax one that they introduced, now I know the timing of it was so bad where we were all meant to be getting a rebate back on what we spent in restaurants and in hotels. It was the timing of that was also wrong, but it was also so complicated. I know you had to download from revenue and a, 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 there was an app had to be downloaded. I remember downloading and taking a look at it and thinking that is just so complicated. I said I'd rather pay for my, my meal and claim nothing back than trying to go through all of the rigmarole. So whatever kind of an incentive they're going to make for holiday makers, please, please, please power, power the bee. Make it as easy as possible. Other countries have made it very simple, simplified it by giving people vouchers and then you would get, like every household would get a voucher. Everybody at certain over the age of 18 would get a voucher that you could spend either locally or on a staycation and you just presented the voucher. That's the simplest way of doing it. And thanks to Marie, emailing Patricia at c103.ie with the subject being suspicious phone call. Uh, good morning. I'm just wondering if you would ask any of your listeners if any of them received the same phone call that I just had from a Mallow number and the number on it is 022 a pre-recorded message came on telling me that there was suspicious activity on my public service account and a warrant had been issued for my arrest. Last time that I inputted my PPS number was just on Sunday when I registered for the vaccine on the HSE website. Obviously this is some kind of scam uh, message and it was read out so quickly he'd be inclined to ring them back to find out more information. I obviously didn't ring them back but others might be inclined to do so. Please warn people. OK, first of all, that wasn't a malo number because yes a Mallow number does start with 022 but a Mallow number then will be followed by five digits there's six digits on that number after the 022. John Paul tells me it's from Tunisia. They're scam artists. Absolutely scam artists. I mean, even thinking about it, how could there be suspicious activity on your public service account? What's your? We don't have public service account. We have public services cards, but we don't have a public service uh, account. It's a complete scam call. If you have one of the smartphones, you might be able to block the number because sometimes what happens is you'll get a, you'll get a number of those calls will arrive uh, to you. But just listen, even if you manage to answer it, even though they don't want you to answer normally it'll do one or two rings and then it'll go into of either a voice message or the cuz com- it's computer generated it isn't somebody sitting at a phone typing your number in uh, normally what happens is it's one or two rings they don't want you to pick up the phone but even, even if you do just hang up immediately but absolutely don't ring them back because there's a variety of different scams and how they work some of them you just ring them back and it's one of these premium lines and of course they hold you so long with these pre-recorded messages that you can be on for 10 20 minutes and the size of your phone bill that you will get back and then others, there could actually be somebody at the end of the phone line trying to interact with you to... uh get information from you like your bank details or whatever, the usual uh, scams. So yeah, that is absolutely a scam call. But when you look at it firstly on your phone, you might think, yes, that that is a Mallow number, but it isn't because as I say, a Mallow number would only have five uh, digits where there's six digits after the 022. But listen, we've some of these scam callers have been doing incredible work. Some of the more sophisticated ones have had people receiving phone calls from the Department of Social uh, Protection and it actually looked like the Department of Social Protection's number. They'd managed to put the number up even though it wasn't coming from that phone number at all. So just be very, very careful with any calls and any texts that you receive. 1850-333-103. That's not a scam call. That's our phone number.
0: Court today on C103.
3: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie.
2: Now, the Me Hall Martin has said he wants to ensure that when society reopens after the current coronavirus lockdown, that it stays open. But he said that outdoors will be the theme for the summer months. So where does that leave indoor dining and the pub trade? Michael O'Donovan, Chairperson of the Cork Vintners Federation, uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Michael. Good
1: morning, Patricia.
2: Now, only having outdoor service, where would that leave many of your members?
1: Yeah, look, I suppose uh, outdoor... Look, what we've heard from NPHET is that it's going to be outdoor first. But, look, we know we live here in Ireland, uh, down the southwest corner, you could say. Um, The weather, look, isn't great, but look, we'll have to get over that challenge. Um, what we estimate is about something around 20% of the members would have the facilities to go outdoors. But look, we are seeing it weekend, uh, every weekend. We saw it last weekend now, you know, pictures from Saltill, Hill, pictures here from Cork City, um, pictures from Dublin and various places around the country. Uh, people are starting to mix and socialise. So what we're just asking for is to be given the chance to open outdoors outdoors. Um, Initially, and like uh, we can control, have controlled environment. Department of Health will set out regulations for us, so we know we're going to have social distancing, even for outside. And like it's safer than 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 what's going on at the moment, and probably where people are congregating. So we're just asking for a roadmap for what's going to happen in the coming uh, months, be that the end of May, June, July, and we're asking the the government really to follow the Northern Ireland model of where they're opening outdoors this weekend and um, they'll be doing that for about a month hopefully if numbers stay down and then they'll look to go indoors um, and what we're asking is that when they go indoors in a month's time uh, towards the end of May that we would consider going outdoors um, and then hopefully if numbers stay low um, that we would follow uh, in the map of our road of what they have um, that w- a month after that then we would consider going indoors.
2: Mm. They're slightly different though, Michael, in that they've a lot more people vaccinated than we have. Well,
1: yes. Look, Stephen Donnelly has been quite open. They're probably four weeks ahead of us. So that's why we're asking, you know, when when they go indoors, we're only going outdoors at that stage. So that's, yeah, that, that's yeah. a month after them. So that's what Neffet have been saying. Uh, we've, we've asked the question of Neffet, how far ahead are they compared to us? And they keep saying somewhere between three and four weeks. So that's why we're, we're just asking when, you know, that that we would be three, four weeks, we'd be four weeks behind them then um, when they go indoors, that we'd only go outdoors.
2: Yeah, give us a chance then to catch up. And certainly there's good news coming through on vaccines and, and who can get various vaccines. So we should be able to uh, roll them out and keep it on target to have everybody, well, 82% vaccinated uh, by the end of uh, June. But at this stage, Michael, I, I, I take it what you're saying is and certainly by the end of this week on Thursday, hopefully when the government make the announcement, it's just to have some kind of dates, some kind of a reopening plan.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what we're looking for is a plan to go forward because, look, uh, Patricia, we can't walk in the door of our pubs, turn on the lights, open the front door and off we go. Uh, We depend on the breweries to go back brewing. So they need to go back probably a week or two before we even open um, uh, because they will have to brew the product, get it out to distribution channels and get it then into our pubs. We then have, in, in our own scenario, we have to bring back staff. They'll be returned to work protocols. that will be set out by the Department of Health that we'll have to follow. But even just the logistics, um, like cold rooms have to be turned on, mainly 48 hours before a product goes in. Lines will have to be blown out. They'll have to be cleaned. Um, so service technicians from companies will have to be brought in to do all that. Um, so there is logistical work. So... Like, what we're looking for is a plan to go forward so that we can see the plan, people can adopt then to their own premises and gauge when they will be able to open and work with companies, work with the tradesmen to get them ready and bring back their own staff so uh, when when the date finally comes then that we will be ready. And look, we appreciate when, uh, if we get the plan to go outdoors um, that uh, things may change, variants may come in we've, we saw it at Christmas, uh, things went uh, you know out, outside of our control happened, and that may happen again this time uh, to the government. We hope it won't, but at least if we've a plan to go forward, we can work towards the plan and look hopefully we'll be able to stick to the plan.
2: What would losing another summer mean to some publicans, Michael?
1: it would be detrimental at this stage you know like last summer uh, over 50 percent of our members didn't get to open so like to go through us look, look we've, we've been well on the record of saying and we know from them that they need to trade for especially the months july and august into september and um, so they can see through the months october november december january february if they lose that again this year um i think when we get to 2022 it'll be a stark different environment you know
2: Okay so it's it's very give, us, give you a chance to reopen and show you can do it safely because you, you're, you, your industry and your members you do believe you can do it safely
1: Yeah look you know the Department of Health will issue guidelines that we'll have to follow we know there'll be social distancing uh, we just don't know what the specifics will be from the department yet but, like, if we get to go outdoors first, which Neffet, which the, the Cabinet have been indicating, um, look open for outdoors and open all, you know, like pubs, restaurants, hotels together, and um, take the burden off any one uh, side of the industry if we're all open together, um, see how it goes for the two or three weeks, and have the plan that if it's going well, then after the three, four weeks that we can open indoors all together again, and look, hopefully, please, God, we'll start working our way through this virus.
2: And if you were to remain closed longer than other businesses, would you need additional supports? Oh,
1: absolutely. Look, even, even when, if we do get to open and when we get to open, uh, we will need supports. But if if uh, premises are kept closed, look, uh, talking to many members, in this, uh, we saw there from a recent survey, debt is mounting up hugely because... Uh, the, what we have at the moment, the COVID restriction support scheme, while it's, it's it's very welcome, it's a weekly income, without it I think many would be gone at this stage, but um, it really needs to be doubled because anyone paying rent or, or paying back a mortgage now, um, they they just can't meet the repayments, so if it was doubled from 10% to your 2019 weekly takings to tw- from 10 to 20%, it would give them a huge fighting chance, but look hopefully if we can get open People will be able to pay their way forward with some help, um, but like if we're not opened. The supports absolutely need to be doubled because uh, people just won't survive and debt is, is mounting up at the moment.
2: OK, and you mentioned staff having to get, you know, staff back in. It isn't a simple thing of uh, they say you can open tomorrow and you just flick the lights and, and you're back in. You've, you've clearly explained what needs to be done, but you also touched on staff. Is there a danger, Michael, that some staff might not be there, that they've gone to other industries?
1: Absolutely. It's, it's, it's one that's come up at numerous meetings that we've had. Um, staff have gone to other industries, but look, I suppose there is always um, there's always new people coming into the trade as well, and and um, I suppose younger people looking to get a job. Many people use the pub trade as their first job, you mm-hmm. know. So hopefully there'll be people like that. And um, the the problem will probably be experienced chefs because uh, that's a specialty. Um, you can train most people, you know, for bar service, uh, waiting service. Um, but but chefs need to have served their time really um, and be qualified in doing what they what they do. So that will be an issue going forward. But look, until we get a date and re-gauge, we won't know the severity of the problem um, uh, going forward. But look, hopefully, if we get the date,
2: we, we'll be able to work through those problems. Okay, hopefully, some clarity at the end of the week. I will let you go because I know you you're going on a Zoom call, uh, Michael. We appreciate you taking time out, though, as always, to talk to us. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Morning. Good morning to you. That is uh, Michael O'Donovan who is Chairperson of the Cork Vintners Federation 1850-333-103 just looking for some kind of guidance at this stage but you know I, I think a lot of people would agree with him there's certainly this huge pent up need to socialise and that was witnessed at the weekend when we saw the huge crowds of in particular young people that descended on Salt Hill but there were other parts of the country uh, as well. So you know there is that pent up need to socialise by young people and not just young people there are older people as well are desperate to go out and have a nice meal or have a few pints or have a few glasses of wine just to go out and socialise and be a bit normal so let's uh, wait and see what will come but it certainly will be outdoor is where our socialising will be for the foreseeable future. Recent West Cork Municipal District Council meeting calls were made for an additional local link service to link all the towns in the West Cork region calling for the current service to be extended is that. Uh, Fianna Fáil, Councillor Deirdre Kelly who joins me on the programme. Good morning to you Deirdre. Good
4: morning Patricia.
2: You're welcome to the programme. Now what local link service is currently operating and how is that working out?
4: Um, the current um, service is from Clannock to Kinsale Patricia and it, it, it has proved extremely popular.
2: But there's a problem that if somebody uh, wanted to say go to Bantry Hospital and they were for, from Clannock explain what they'd have to do.
4: OK, well, essentially, um, the bus are en route in West Cork Towns, its services from east to west. So essentially, you can get a bus from Castletown Bear that will bring you all the way into Cork City via Dunmanway, Bandon, or you can get a service from Skibbereen um, uh, um, along the coastal route. But there's nothing in between. So if somebody um, on the coastal side of the constituency, Clonakilty, or, or somewhere like that, needed to get to Bantry Hospital, they would need to get a bus into Bandon and take a bus back out via um, Dunmanway. And, yeah, that's, that's that's
2: crazy, isn't it? That it really is, is crazy. It so, is. you suggest that there would be a local link that would cover the entire Wild Atlantic Way in your area. Is that your thinking?
4: Uh, well, yes, I suppose the, uh, a local link service from Clonakilty to, Ma- to Manway would facilitate the connection of the two major archeries that I have just mentioned, and the link would essentially connect all the towns and villages in West Cork from Casperton Bear to Kinsale, and it would enhance the connectivity to essentialist services and amenities, but it would also broaden the scope of the Wild Atlantic Way. So it's, it would be a win-win situation, and what I've suggested is that, um, that local link would pilot it over the summer months. Um, I suppose it, it came about because... Um, The the recent uh, government, uh, our future, our our rural future plan, um, uh, uh, provided for the inclusion of of, uh, additional local link services. So I think this is now an opportune time to to visit the matter.
2: And all, I mean, obviously it would be a huge win-win for local people who don't have... Transport don't have their own cars or anybody to take them to appointments, but it would also be a great boost for tourism when we when we get to the stage where tourism is back up and running.
4: Well, absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, look, I suppose um, from where I'm located here in Dunmanway, um, if if uh, it's all brilliant, if, if it's a um, beautiful sun, sunny weather all over West Cork, but on a wet day, um, somebody could get on that bus and come to Dunmanway to to our new state of the art swimming pool. Um, likewise, somebody in Dunmanway who may pr- Possibly may ne- have never visited the West Cork Railway Village. Could travel over and have a look at that, or go to the cinema, or and uh, y- our people in Clon could come and see the pa- Samagar Passport Bells uh, and um, and visit the trail here mm. in Manway. So look, it it just opens up the whole of the constituency to to um to what it has to offer, I suppose, you know, and promote promote um, West Cork as a whole.
2: Did you get much support at council ever from the other councillors for your suggestion?
4: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I've had um, um, support letters from um, businesses from from all over the constituency um, um, advocating it and supporting it.
2: So so what would be great now, we're coming into the summer months, uh, run this pilot and then gauge it from that, see what the support is like for it.
4: Absolutely. I suppose, look, if, if they piloted it over the summer months, and I'd suggested June to September, you know, just um, in the hope that um, COVID restrictions will be relaxed by then, um, and piloted it over that amount of time, and it would gauge the, the take-up on it, and we could, we could proceed from there.
2: And you reckon the funding is there or could would be found?
4: Well, yes, because, in, as I said, in the um, our Rural Future Plan that was announced a few weeks ago, the government specifically um, provided for the increase of local link services around the country.
2: So it's there. It's already been mentioned. Yes, That's so it great. is there, OK, and yes. just while we have you on as, as a local councillor, we, we're getting so many calls in from people who are out in lovely scenic areas and we live in a beautiful county. The, the lack of bins in many of these scenic areas and public toilets are the two things we're constantly hearing about.
4: Yes. This was a huge issue um, at yesterday's uh, council meeting, full council meeting. And um, the chief executive did uh, advise that, I think the figure was 958 bins um, around the county of Cork. And um, he went into... Uh, minute details of how many were in each area as well um, they advised that there's over three million i think um spent on on um, in our refuse collection um in in the county and they advised that they don't want to spend more taxpayers money uh, on 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 this service um, look i suppose we all need to be responsible patricia we all need to um, to respect uh, our, our local communities and pick up after us uh, i mean i uh, the chief executive did advise that you know, he has. Um, he was out and about over the weekend, and he saw uh, litter with um, branding of specific shops or businesses and that people just need to if they're going in for takeaways or if they're going in for coffees or if they're going in for whatever they're going in for uh, in this beautiful weather they need to pick up after them and bring it home you know it's not the response we all need to take a personal responsibility essentially
2: but i think the majority of us will do it but yes. the minority are ruining it for everybody it
4: is it is and it totally is that it's the same with everything patricia the minority will ruin it for, for everybody else
2: but three million, that's just on the bins on that nine hundred and fifty. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. It's well, yes. a lot. It's a lot of money. And it then public toilets. John is saying there is there's no public toilet opened in Middleton. And yesterday we had people talking about the condition of the public toilets in Kinsale. It seems three of the four of them were blocked over the weekend and they painted dreadful picture. Public toilets is another area that needs to be looked at, Deirdre
4: yes and that is i suppose that has been heightened um during COVID when businesses have been locked down because i suppose people would generally have used the facilities in in the businesses that are in the cafes or in the restaurants that they have been attending but that's that's not available to them um any longer hopefully now if businesses uh open up as businesses open up that will alleviate that problem to an to an extent but it was highlighted at yesterday's meeting as well i suppose we have that issue here here near me as well um uh, Balneen in a scheme, their public toilets have been closed now for a number of years. You know, and a uh, 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 reason for that is is um, uh, staffing levels as well. Um, you know that uh, people uh, people have retired from the council and they haven't been replaced, and 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 that that is it's manpower on the ground is is one of the issues relating to that.
2: Okay, all right, we leave it there, dear. To listen, thank you sir, for that. And keep us uh, it. Yes, sir,
4: may I just um, just say one thing, if you don't mind, please. I just wanted to extend a huge thanks to the Cork Fire Service, particularly the units in Dunmanway, Bantry, and Kilty, who uh, worked all weekend to bring the forest fires in Ship Lake under control?
2: Well, actually, I was tweeting about them at the weekend. Got some of those fires were, were devastating. Now I know oh, oh, they oh, thankfully yes. weren't as bad as what went on in, in Killarney, but uh, D- 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 Mammy got it really bad, didn't they, at the weekend?
4: Yes, it was. I mean, I suppose there was about twenty-five acres, I think, of young plantation, and then you oh. had the um, there was older plantation also, and then there was, I suppose, the we saw on Twitter the, the remains of um, bird's nest. You know, so there was a lot of issues in relation to wildfire as well, or wildlife. So, look, it, it was it was awful to look at the plumes of smoke emanating from the area, and um, there's just huge credit due to our fire services.
2: They're, they're risking life and and limb. They they really are incredible yeah. people. All right, Deirdre, listen, glad to mention that. Thank you for that, and thank thanks for so joining much, us. Patricia, uh, good you. morning to you. That uh, Domanwe Dromana-based councillor uh, for Fianna Fall, uh, Deirdre Kelly. Just on the toilets, by the way. Remember yesterday when uh, we mentioned about Kinsale uh, toilets, we got onto the about it because we had people saying first of all we thought there was only one toilet blocked then we were told by somebody else no there was three of the four toilets blocked and they were disgraced and there was queues and there was so many people in Kinsale at the weekend and shocking that there wasn't uh, public toilets that people could use. So we got on to Cork County Council to say what's going on with the public toilets in Kinsale they come back and said the toilets in Kinsale are maintained on a daily basis. If any issue issues arise they're reported to Cork County Council engineering staff for actioning end of statement. So we've got back onto them to say, do staff work on weekends? I said only Monday to Friday. Uh, and I'm not having to pop-off the, the council on this one because I think Deirdre summed it up as well. It's manpower. It's literally manpower. There's, you know, if they staff leave and they're not allowed to recruit anyone else and if they don't have enough uh, manpower but certainly on busy weekends when I mean we knew we were talking on Friday what a glorious weekend it was going to be and we knew people were going to be out and about Uh, I don't know if there's some way that they can make sure that they do have staff available because certainly in Kinsale if they were maintained on a daily basis they that wasn't what was happening on Sunday with people talking about the toilets being blocked there. This Saturday, you're invited to join Trevor Welsh on C103.ie for the excitement of the Premier League powered by Talk Sport. We'll bring you exclusive live coverage of Crystal Palace versus Man City that's at 12.30, Brighton versus Leeds at 3 and then Chelsea taking on Fulham at half 5 in our final match this weekend will be Everton versus Aston Villa at 8pm. The Premier League live online would now stream live Premier League action with a now sports or sports extra Membership. Listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to c103.ie. Now, a lot of texts coming into us. Firstly, just a couple to do with vaccination and sign up for vaccination. Hi, Patricia, have you any idea when 59-year-olds will be able to register for the vaccine from a West Cork listener? No, no date uh, yet on that, but we're expecting news to come from the Cabinet meeting this morning because we know now that Nyack has recommended the Johnson & Johnson and possibly the AstraZeneca for the over 50s. Today is the day that the over 60s can uh, register. So I imagine they'll be working through the over 60s. And I would say within the coming weeks of this decision being formally announced by the Cabinet today, that it will go to the over 50s to register and they'll possibly do it the same way that they did it for the over 60s, that there will be a day set, set where you can start registering for the 59, the 58, the 57 and it'll work down that way. So as soon as we know, uh, we'll let you know. But for now, we don't have a date for 59-year-olds. And then another listener who has already registered. Hi, I'm 66. I signed up for my vaccine three weeks ago. How long do you think I'll be waiting? Well, they're working through the over 60s and you're in the first cohort because it was the 65 to 69-year-olds were the first. And it to me it's computer generated because there's 260,000 people have registered so there isn't somebody or there isn't a group of HSE staff going through all of the individual people that have registered so somehow the computer it's been computer generated and they're sending the dates and the times for the vaccination uh, vaccinations out because we've heard from people who in say one family group all registering on the same day there was one the other day where the people in their mid-60s that got their appointment and there was a 69-year-old who still didn't have their appointment and so they definitely aren't working from the from the oldest down to the youngest, from the 69-year-olds down to the 60s. If you're in the county, I imagine people in the county if they haven't already are going to start receiving dates for a vaccination because it's tomorrow that the vaccination centre opens for West Cork. It's opening this week in Bantry and then it'll alternate it'll uh, run to the vaccination centre in Clon the following week and it's Thursday of this week that the vaccination centre in Mallow is opening for the over 60. So I'm imagining people in the county will start getting dates for that. But hang in there. Once you register, they have all of your details and it should be sooner rather than uh, later. So you should be getting your text pretty soon to give you your date and your time. A number of people were reacting to uh, what I mentioned about the publican who's contacted the programme, who is wondering, just floating it out there as a suggestion, because we were talking about pubs and the possibility of pubs reopening and what is it going to look like when pubs reopened and what a devastating year it has been for the pub trade uh, people in the Famous wet bars that we became to wet pubs. We never thought we'd be using that terminology. Uh, but even people who, the gastro pubs who were allowed to open for a short period of time, many of them were closed for the bulk really of a year. And costs have and bills are, are rising and all of that. So a publican was just floating the idea of how would people feel if for a set period of time when pubs reopened that you'd pay an extra euro on a pint or an extra euro on whatever drink you're having yourself but all, everything would go up by a euro. Now I, for a set period of time just so that they could recoup some of the losses that they made last year. Some of your thoughts on uh, that John in says, Patricia, tell that hungry publican he should be thinking of taking a euro off the price of a pint. And if he's not happy with that, tell him go get a job in a uh, factory. Maybe the off-licence could subsidise some of the pubs after all they cleaned up during the lockdown they were an essential business question mark that comes in from John in Carrigaline somebody says no to a euro on the on the price of a drink i've got a suggestion instead said this texter why why not ask the government To reduce the VAT that they take, that would be, yeah, that certainly would put more money in the pockets of the publicans uh, for sure. Hi, Patricia. Regarding the pubs and the extra euro on a pint, did the landlords get a payment from the government while they were closed? The price of a pint is already high enough. The answer to the question is yes, they did get subsidies and it's not the drinking side of it, it's the social side of going to the pub just to talk to other people and to ra- react with people it's been a, such a long time even just for me personally since I've seen all of my friends. Why do we have to again pay more for a little bit of a social life thanking you. So there's somebody obviously against the notion of pubs putting up prices. and But then somebody agrees Hi Trish. Yes I wouldn't mind paying a bit extra for, for drinking. I was actually reading a news report where Tesco in England asked their customers not to buy drink in their stores and to support their local pubs instead. And that is true. That happened on the 12th of April. The 12th of April was the date where in England they were allowed, the bars were allowed for outdoor outdoor drinking and outdoor restaurants were allowed to go ahead and our listener is right Tesco did run an ad campaign where they said uh, and I'm just reading this This was a tweet that they put out on that day where they said pubs have had a tough year this year so as good as our deals are this week we'd rather you support your local pub as long as you feel safe to do so because right now hashtag every little helps and then they put exclude Scotland Northern Ireland and Wales because obviously their outdoor dining and drinking wasn't Going on, and then they went on to suggest drink aware and all of that. But yeah, that was good at Tesco's to say, don't come to us for your drink this week, go and support uh, your local pub. I wonder will they do the same here? Only time will tell. And also on the pubs, and should, uh, should we be paying, should, how would people feel about an extra euro? Is that publican joking or what? They had a bad year. They want the customers to pay for it. Now, I don't think so, says this uh, texter. 1850 333 103 scam calls. We mentioned them earlier today. Uh, Patricia, they are ringing on 023 numbers as well. Um, I'll be getting a flurry of them since 8am this morning. Every time I block one another one pops up. Oh god, just keep blocking them. Just It's just really, really frustrating. And Kristen from Y says, hi You seem to be taken aback at the cost of the bins provided by Cork County Council when Councillor Deirdre O'Brien said it costs £3 Well in 2018 Cork County Council collected €123.7 million on business rates and that didn't include €12.5 million on bust or closed businesses. I feel, says Chris, it's disgraceful to carry on at the Council. The majority of the offenders are young drinkers. Why don't the Council employ these young people part-time to clean? And the message would be self-education to young people. Come on. There's huge monies collected, with little or no service provided to the public and the business. Well, I'd say the executive of Cork of all councils will disagree with your questions. They say they may collect a huge sum of money, but every every cent that they they take in is is paid out again, but but I think the point that the council were making on the bins, though, that amount of money uh, for people then to abuse those bins is just really frustrating. Because remember, all of that money that is spent—that three million just on the bins, the nine hundred odd bins—that's all tax collected money. That's all money you and I have, you know, put into. The coffers that goes into that goes into the pot that goes out to to the council. It really is so so frustrating that people just won't take their their rubbish back with them when whenever they go uh, somewhere. And just on the whole thing of bins and rubbish, and, and I have a really good email. When well, I get a chance, I probably get a chance because it's a lengthy email. Uh, I I'll get to maybe later on. But Mary says, Patricia. Listening to your interview with regard to bins and rubbish collection, uh, etc., as you enter Chardivil. Close to the Aldi and the motorworks. There's a huge unsightly slash health hazard amount of rubbish. I would say, Mary, it's there for well over 12 months. It's so unfair to the people who care so much about our our town. I can't understand why it hasn't been removed by the council. Uh, Thanking you, uh, Patricia, love your programme. That's uh, from Mary. I'd suggest, Mary, that you get on to the council. uh, You've got a really good councillor in your area in Charlerville Councillor Ian Doyle go on to Ian Doyle and find out I mean if it's it's a health hazard and it's rubbish that's been there for over 12 months that really does surprise me that the council hasn't moved in there must be some reason why it's been left there and that it hasn't been uh, taken away I would suggest you get on to the council even though if it's there a year, you, you think somebody has reported it at this stage, 1850 333103. This is from a listener in Meyer. This is on the scam calls again, but in this case, listener says, Hi Patricia, this happened to me about two years ago. I got contacted by my bank who asked me to contact them, which I did. It turned out somebody was trying to take money out of my bank account and it was in Tunisia. Thankfully, it was not- noticed by the bank. They contacted me because they reckoned it was suspicious activity so they didn't allow the money to be taken from my account. Fair play to the bank security um, which uh, was really good of them to pick it up. Yes, Something similar happened to me as well I got a, a message from the fraud department of my bank. It was one Saturday morning and there had been unusual activity on my oh they, and I rang them. I got through to them anyway and they asked me, was I in New York? I said, God I wish I was. I said, no I'm not, I'm at home. And they said there's been activity on your, it was on my visa card in, somebody had parked a car on and used my visa and they would got in and bought a cup of coffee and they had bought another small thing. They were all very small amounts and I said no, that ain't me. So my Visa card somehow got compromised so it got cancelled immediately but I thought it was terrific the way it was picked up and it had happened obviously overnight uh, in New York but it got picked up immediately and I never worked out, never could work out because I was trying to work out how my card had got pr- compromised. There was only one particular website that I hadn't used before. It was a new website and I was just thinking was it on that particular website so you just have to be so careful as well but yes the banks and their fraud department do brilliant work to try to uh, keep us all safe. Another listener is wondering when will when the churches reopen we're expecting and that, that's one of the announcements that mass 50 people will be allowed to go back into mass from sometime in May. This listener is wondering when the churches reopen will the knock on also be that the communions will be allowed to go ahead. Some First Holy Communions went ahead last year but not all of them so there are uh, children still waiting for First Holy Communion from uh, last year I think all of the confirmations managed to go ahead. Am I right thinking that, that everybody who was due for confirmation got it but certainly there was some First Holy Communicants who didn't make it and as of yet there's still no dates on any First Holy Communions for this year and didn't we have the bishops come out a number of weeks ago telling parents don't buy any of the clothes for the First Holy Communion which didn't give me much hope that the Communions will be going ahead in the summer months they may go ahead later on in the year but we wait, certainly no mention of First Holy Communions at the moment And just you, Hi Patricia, I had a beautiful Beautiful day in Donnerwell Park yesterday. God, a glorious day to be in Donnerwell Park. Lovely walks. There was very busy, but it was a beautiful day there. Loving to see people out and about having picnics. But says the Mistress Town listener, hardly any bins to be seen. Then very little seating as well. I got a gorgeous ninety nine though in the London shop on the way home. What more could you want? Thanking uh, you. Yeah, uh, again, um, there are bins, but if they put too many bins, we're told the bins will be overflowing. The seating, if it gets busy, the seats that are there are taken up. That's why I always think if you're going on a picnic, bring a nice little rug with you and you can sit on the ground or something nice. And the weather's been nice enough uh, to be able to do that as well. But yeah, not having bins. I suppose they're encouraging us all to bring our rubbish home with, with us. I haven't had a 99 this season uh, yet. You've put me in mind for one now, having seen it in your text message. And there's nothing like the whipped ice cream is there that you get in a 99 and the flakes stuck into it. It's terrific. 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. See 103 Jobs. Greener Screener Community Playgroup they're looking for a playgroup manager a manager while Cost Cutters in Bandham they've got a vacancy for a deli and a till assistant FRS in Kentuck they're looking for relief milkers it's for Duhallow Mallow and the Butterfund areas and a 360 machine driver that's wanted for Cork City you must be comfortable with high lifts construction workers with experience in window and door trade and curtain walling uh, helping trades fit sills on site also required. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward jobs for more. This is C103.
0: Court today on C103
3: with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie.
2: Now some of your texts coming in to us on the price of a pint and the possibility of it going up. A suggestion, can I say, from a Republican. Bring it down, a euro. That'll get your customers in. Somebody else says, Patricia, get real, rip off Ireland. Don't be encouraging them someone else says, you were on a pint? You shouldn't even have read it out. Do you really have any idea how this economy is going to look like this time next year? Tell the pub profiteers draw from their savings. Please emphasise on the lack of public toilets will be more to the benefit of the general public, says Tim in And actually it's something we were talking about in the office this morning I think we're hoping to get to that uh, tomorrow on the programme because that is a huge, that is a massive issue and that's why I touched on that, the suggestion, it's not a suggestion, it's something that's happened in Dublin. It kicked off from Monday, from yesterday of uh, this week where they've opened up, it's the Dublin City Council have decided to open up the public buildings to allow toilets to be available because obviously we're having the problem but this is a problem that's happening all over the country when people are out and about, that there's no public uh, toilets. So Dublin's City Council decided to do something about it by giving access to public toilets in 22 public buildings across the city. It's things like their libraries they're opening up. Even the City Hall is opening up on uh, Dame Streets, Dame Street and they're going to be appropriate queuing, social distancing and cleaning regimes they're going to put in place. Now maybe the City Council in Dublin have more money than we have in our county councils here to be able to operate that or not. But I thought it was a terrific uh, suggestion. Hi, Patricia. Concerning the vaccine, if you're over 60, do you have to register? Yes, you do. And registration is open now today for the 60 year olds. So from today, anybody over the ages of 60, if you haven't uh, registered, you must register because you'll be going to a vaccination centre, not to your GP practice. So it's the HSC. Dot I-E. or it's eighteen fifty twenty four eighteen uh, fifty. Hi Patricia did uh, Deirdre O'Brien the Councillor from Manway did she say anything about bringing back the paper recycling to Manway it's been gone now for the last uh, 14 months no she didn't but I'll ask John Paul I know he's busy at the moment the phone has have been quite busy this morning uh, but I'll ask him to uh, get back on and see if we can find out uh, if there's any plans to bring back the paper recycling in uh, Manway I'll ask John Paul to put a call through now Peter MacVerry Trust the National Housing and Homeless Charity yesterday published their annual report which is now active in 28 of the 31 local authorities across the country to talk about their work especially their work here in Cork in both the city and the county I'm joined by Pat Doyle who is the charity CEO good morning to you Pat it's gone Where's uh, Pat gone? Uh, John Paul is getting back on again. It was there a moment ago. I know we were having a problem uh, connecting with Pat's phone line. Is it? It's back with us now. Pat, are you there? Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Oh, hi, Grace. Good morning. <laughs> You're very welcome to the program. Now, last year was your first full year at the Peter McVary Trust, working here in Cork. Can you talk to us about how many people did you work with?
5: Uh, well, we're delighted to be in Cork, and uh, I won't say hello to your list. And um, 28 tenancies we created in the last year, which meant we worked for the door in their own bedroom. You know, their own, their own home. They got to create their own home last year with us. So it's an absolute privilege to get to work in partnership with the local authorities in Cork and uh, delivering. Um, units for 68 people. And we've an even more bigger ambitious pipeline for 2021.
2: And those housing units, Pat, were both in the city and the county?
5: Yes, they were indeed. So um, a number of them in Cork City. We did our first repair and release in Cork. So that's a, pair, uh, that, that's a program where we take old buildings and bring them back. That was the first time that program had been used in Cork. So we did that in Cork, in the centre of the city. And then we also worked out in Fermoy, we worked out in Cove. We worked out in uh, um, out, out and around the county. And this year, we're going right out into the county. So Bantry, uh, Clonakilty, uh, will be out that side this year. We'll be in Bandon. Uh, we'll be. Uh, we're opening a new office uh, in, in the centre of Cork city. So um, you know, right across the city and the county, this year we will deliver. Uh, um, Another sixty to seventy units.
2: That's terrific. But you do work very closely with both of the local authorities, the city council and the county council.
5: Oh, absolutely. We only work where um, where we're in partnership. We can't do it on our own. We're not the It's it's only by working together that you can really tackle these things. I mean, housing is a very complex issue. I know there's lots of us, um, but we need to get access, and in order to get access, you need the resources. And uh, between the city and the county councils, there we all the units that we have brought in. Um, in the last year, have been funded through the council. And then the people we get, the people we want to work with, the trust has an experience of working with uh, vulnerable people more. So that's our end of the game. And um, the council would identify those in the housing list who need supports from the Peter Macfrey Trust. So everybody we're working with has a key worker, has a housing officer, popping in, they have a, a fridge magnet from the Peter McRae Trust that gives them a 24 hour emergency on call number so, um, you know uh, but by and large uh, once people get the key to the door then they begin to form the relationships in the community and begin to settle and begin to put homelessness behind them for good. So,
2: fantastic. Great privilege. It's fa- fantastic. And how busy uh, were you nationwide with the Trust, Pat?
5: Very busy last year. Last year we had our busiest year even in COVID. We we housed 1,300 people last year. Um, mm-hmm. That's our biggest ever. And uh, a lot more landlords who didn't go to the market last year were reluctant to have people queuing up outside. They came to us, and thankfully, and we, we were able to get a bit of a bounce from that. We were also busy because we run homeless services um, in the east. And uh, with COVID, everything has been changed. But we managed to open, um, like, we only came into Cork last year, we only came into Galway last year, and we managed to do quite a bit in COVID. And this year now, very excited about the fact that we'll be all over the county this year. Um, Millington, there's all other places we're going to this year. I have a brother in Cork, in Bantry, so um, I'm not sure he'll be happy or not, but <laughs> we'll be opening units in Bantry this year. Um, and we've we've got a new scheme this year where we're looking at over the shop, and... Um, so we hope to bring in 18 units over the shop. And if you, if any of your listeners will know, when they're driving to small towns and villages, you see shops, you look over them and they're derelict. There's nothing going on. And this is a quick way of bringing in housing units, Patricia. So we've seen yeah, that we're going to bring in 18 of them.
2: It's, it's something, Pat, that often comes up on the programme when we're talking about, you know, years gone by. I mean, I certainly remember growing up in the, in the, in the 70s. All of the main streets in our towns had people living Correct. above the shops. Yeah, like, wh- when did we move away from that? And why did we move away from that?
5: Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, it doesn't require big planning. It's not a big, long, drawn-out process. It just requires a result to renew and to revitalise, to bring back. So we're trying one scheme this year, uh, so far, of 18 units um, across three different... Well, it's actually three little schemes, six in each, um, across... Across one town, and we're going to bring in eighteen units. Now that's going to breed life into the town. Yeah. To generate life and generate life into local shops. It'll bring back some of the deprivation that places look like. So, and and like we're looking at uh, Bandon Cove, Passage Wetch, Charleville, Mallow, and um, all of those towns. If you say, for example, if you look over the shops, the shops are struggling to keep going themselves. The landlords don't have the money to bring back what's above the shop. So we have a scheme. Where we can bring them back. And as long as they give us a long term lease for social housing, we'll pay for the capital.
2: Well done. Well done. One bedroomed homes for single people is are they always a problem, Pat?
5: They are. Well, 50% of the homelessness at the moment is singles. And um, no developers are building one beds because of the current regulations, the size, the scale of them, and uh, the fact they need parking. So every scheme that we do, we're opening one bed. So we were due to open the scheme yesterday with the minister in Dublin, for example, and it was postponed because of the fires in Killarney. The minister was heading that direction. But that scheme had five one beds and three two beds. But we're trying to get a balance of one beds in it so that we can bring the homeless number down. Um, so I can't believe that 50% of people require a one bed mm-hmm. and over 70% of people require a one to two bed. So, you know, every time you open the Sunday papers, you see three, four beds yeah, yeah,
2: everywhere.
5: Yeah. Um, but what, what, what the homeless sector needs is one and two beds. And to do housing first, which is a scheme where we take people straight from the streets into a home, they need a one bed. Um, and so everything we'd be doing over the shops and every scheme we did like we did a scheme last year I think I spoke to you about the one in Formoy there was eight eight units there but five of them were one beds that's that's the way you you want that mix
2: can you ever see the day Pat when a charity like yours is no longer needed
5: I hope so Um, um, I I think we might always be needed for housing because housing is a a human right and people people flourish and do better in housing once people get housing they ask us the obvious questions can you help me connect with my family again because the shame of being homeless is can you help me with my health can you help me with my education so i think we'll always be required for housing but i do look forward and wish for the day where we're not needed to manage homelessness that we can get the homeless number down and the way to do that is housing 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 and we need to get simple wins like over the shops Derelict sites and towns—not to be building new towns, but to look at the towns we have and to, to try to put the housing back into them.
2: Okay, well done, well done. And the pandemic has it. Was that very challenging? For challenging,
5: your... uh, very challenging for our vulnerable client group. Like we would have a lot of people who would maybe did fifteen years on the street, so their health would be. You know, damage as a result. So that was challenging. Uh, fundraising was extremely challenging because everything we did was cancelled, you know, or yeah. <laughs> everything we wanted to do was cancelled, you know. Um, but uh, we're coming out of it now. And the hidden, the hidden goal in it for us was we actually got more access to housing. So that's the
2: great thing. Yeah, with the Airbnbs and that, and yeah, yes, it's funny. It's funny that there was there's, there's always can be some bit of positivity even in all of the uh, the negativity that went on. Listen, Pat, a pleasure as always. Continue good luck. You're doing fantastic work, and uh, we're certainly thrilled to have you here in, in Cork. Thanks a million for joining well, us. Thank today. you, and thanks to your listeners. Good morning to you. Bye bye. That is uh, Pat Doyle, who is the CEO of the wonderful Peter MacVerry Trust, which is our national housing and homeless uh, charity doing amazing work here in Cork and looking like more of it to come in the future. Now we're running a piece on the news and we've had some calls in about it. This is the, if you're a fan of Bon Jovi, you may have been uh, very excited to hear this morning that Bon Jovi has have announced a one night only live to screen concert that's going to be shown in the race course in Mallow now there's two other venues as well but for here in Cork it's the race course in Mallow the gig will be the band's first drive-in concert and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of these and it's going to take place on the 22nd of May the idea is you purchase a ticket and the ticket then you drive in you'll all stay in your car you'll admit a car and up to five passengers so you get your people in your little bubble and you'll all get into the car and uh, you'll be able to if you're a fan of Bon Jovi you'll be loving this and we've had a slew of texts in from people saying how much of those tickets how much are those tickets <laughs> the tickets are uh, priced at 55 euro Uh, but that's for for five people so it works out if there's five of you in the car it'll still be €11 each so where would you get a Bon Jovi concert for €11 each and the tickets are on sale from tomorrow at 5pm and I need to check with Jean Paul do we know where they're on sale? No we, no, OK, we need to find out where they're on sale. But it's €55 euro anyway and it's €55 euro plus a booking fee and that's per car. And you, as you say, you can have up to five people, but they, do, they go on sale for five o'clock tomorrow. We'll find out where uh, they are on sale for you. 1850 333 John Paul, taking your calls, you can text or WhatsApp oh eight six two. 103
0: 103.
3: Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.
2: On next Saturday, the 1st of May, Glamworth National School are hosting a major fundraiser with a difference. To outline what is planned for Cow Spat. Bingo! I'm joined by Des Duffy, who is with the board of management at the Glamworth National School. Uh, good morning to you, Des. Good morning, Tricia. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm going to leave it to you to explain to our listeners how Cow Spat Bingo works. Okay. Off you go.
6: I will indeed. <laughs> cow Spat Bingo. It's actually it's just another form of bingo, but it's a fundraiser, all right? So essentially, what it's going to be is we have two cows in Glamworth that are going to be in the field, and they're going to do. A I've decided to call them Daisy and Maisie, just for a bit of fun, right? So we'll have two cows. They'll walk into a field, and they'll graze. But in the field will be a 1,000 squares, and they'll be all lined out in a grid. And okay. each grid, and each square in the grid costs 10 euros, okay? So the the cows will go in, Maisie and Daisy. They'll graze away, and eventually, it could be after 10 minutes, or it could be after 2 hours, and 10 minutes. one of them will release themselves. And wherever the splat lands, <laughs> that Flat will win that square will win six hundred Euros. Okay? Yeah. So for a ten euro ticket you have a chance of winning six hundred Euros. And then the surrounding eight squares that surround that the winner, because there will be splatters.
2: There will indeed it's a bit of
6: fun that we want for as many people to win as possible. We're gonna give each of those eight squares fifty Euros each as well. What? So there's a thousand Euros for up for grab and it's gonna be a great day out and uh the people in Glamorth have been great. Have they? Yeah, the people in Glamourth have been great. The surrounding parishes have been great. Business people in Glamour have been great. The businesses in Glamourth have been great. Everybody's bought into it. It's a bit of fun. We've all had a tough year. We have to use whatever resources we have surrounding us to try to raise a few money. We're trying to uh, build a, uh, a sensory area, an outdoor sensory area in the school, uh, an outdoor gardening, obviously an outdoor gardening area as opposed to an indoor gardening area we have a sensory area, gardening area, and we're going to have some extra play structures as well in the, in the Well done, uh, the well yard. done. So it'll
2: be the benefit so, for the children there and the children uh, of the future. Have you? Is this your, your first attempt at cow spat, bingo, or have you done uh, it before? It's
6: the first one that we've done. Neil Cain, who's the, really the driving force behind it in the board management, he had heard about it done down in Kerry or uh, somewhere in Ireland. I believe it was Kerry. And so uh, we, we will kind of trying to come up with a a way for raising money and uh, this just came out of his mouth and we all kind of said, you know, it's different, it's a bit of fun and uh, we have plenty of fields, we have plenty of cows around Glenworth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's because of COVID guidelines and you can't have big crowds gathering, it's at a secret location but people will be able to watch it online?
5: They can watch it
6: online from a drone. Uh, There's the, a the drone that's going to be taking place, that that's going to be covering it. Okay. And uh, yeah, because of COVID, we, it was even difficult to uh, to sell the ticket. You know, it's all done online, Patricia. Mm. It's not something that you can just go and uh, show up on the day and you can buy a ticket, all right? Uh, can I just say how you can buy a line? Please do, yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying buy a line, it's actually buy a square. You can purchase squares when you go onto our Facebook page. If you just go into Facebook and search Glanworth. National School Cow Bingo. The page will come up. Follow the link, and on the LinkedIn, you have to use your uh, you have to use a card, and you can purchase as many tickets as you want to purchase. <laughs> However, for people that are around Glenworth or in the surrounding area, and if, if, that may want to purchase the ticket with cash, you can go to Flynn Shop in Glenworth and you can go in there, fill out the necessary details, and you can buy it a 10 euro ticket was cash.
2: Can you pick your number? Your, can you pick you your box? pick your number.
6: No. <laughs> the system, right, because of the way it is, we're working with two companies. One is called Club Force, which is sort of, they, they deal mostly in lottos with uh, different clubs around the country and another company called Let's Play Bingo.
3: So between the two of them,
6: you pay one and then the other will delegate whatever number it is that you're going to get. Okay. You get the number.
2: That's the fairest, right?
6: Yeah, before it actually takes place, you'll have the number assigned to yourself.
2: Can uh, I suggest, it's, it's, because we were allowing on the cows to perform and the way they, they perform, will you have an adjudicator to say, yeah, it's definitely in that square and not in that square?
6: Well, we have went to all ends to get the best adjudicator that we possibly could in Glenwood. We have Father Michael Corkery. <laughs> He's going to be the adjudicator.
2: <laughs> and a great it's, honest man. <laughs>
6: a great honest man. We've actually got him a GAA referee jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be wearing that. We may even need a whistle. Who knows? We'll probably need flags. And he's going to be the man that makes the final decision on it. Um, because as you say, yeah, it could easily, there could be splatters everywhere. So uh, we're going to leave the final decision up to Father Michael.
2: I suggest a ruler as well because he, he may yeah. need to measure what's landed more in one box than in another box. And I how can people them. watch it online?
6: Um, go to Facebook and just follow the procedure from Facebook. Okay. It'll be May first, three o'clock. Go to the Facebook Glamworth National School Cow Flat Bingo page and just follow the procedure from there.
2: And how many squares do you hope to sell?
6: Well, we're
2: our goal was to sell 1,000. We're two-thirds of the way there right now. So
6: we've got four days left. So we're trying for...
2: Final push.
6: The, the final push, yeah. Let's see how many we can possibly get. Uh, and the first prize is wonderful. 600 euros for whoever wins, you know, and 50... 50 euros for surrounding squares, so... They're good odds. They're they're,
2: they're good odds of winning, but I'm really interested in your your outdoor sensory area and and your garden. When would you hope to start getting working on that, Des?
6: We would like to get going on that within the next few months, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, Construction hasn't been back to normality either, you know what I mean? So, we were trying to do this about a year ago or so, and... uh, With COVID, everything was put on stall. So as soon as possible, you know, we want to have everybody's craving for normality. Children are craving for teachers, you know what I mean? So we all just want to get back to having a normal life again and uh, having a nice, colorful setting out in the front of school with soft surfaces and soft edges and just make school life uh, better than it's been for the last 12 months.
2: OK, of course, the, kid, the children are all back in school and, and delighted to be back, um, uh, Des. And it's it's tough for kids at the moment, isn't it, with all the rules and the regulations and the hand-watching and the social distancing? It, and is, it is,
6: it is. It's
2: their new normal, though, isn't it? It's
6: their new normal, you know. I mean, I was just talking to somebody today. I'm, I'm actually working right now in West Limerick and I was delivering to a school and we were chatting about masks will be here forever well not forever but they'll be here for a while but hand washing is definitely going to be here for a long long time and as a result of those there was really no winter flu Yeah. so it's not a bad thing either you know what I mean
2: we'll all hopefully come out better people from it
6: yeah please God we'll all come out better you know we've all been tested with it so what okay. can you do <laughs> okay
2: listen we wish you luck with your your cow splat uh, bingo just once again remind us where people can go to buy the tickets
6: they can uh, they Go to our Facebook page, Glanworth National School, Cow Bingo, and follow the,
2: the link there. down
6: there. Follow okay. the link there, and you can pay. You can buy as many tickets as you want there. If you're around Glanworth, you can go into Flynn shop, and you can go in and you can buy cash tickets in there as well. You'll, everybody will be assigned a number before uh, it actually takes place. You don't pick your number. It's just because of COVID. Yeah. You have to go down the, the internet route, but everybody will be assigned a number before uh, it all takes place on May 1st at 3pm.
2: Okay, we wish uh, best of luck to Daisy and Maisie and the, the hope that they don't have performance anxiety know, right. and that they will perform on time and and clearly as well. And clearly. <laughs> Patricia, can I just give one
6: quick shout out? Yeah. Uh, Miss Howard. Uh, juniors and seniors in uh, Glamworth National School. A big hi to them. Okay, all, all right. right, and all, all right. the well, other kids. I well there's a big scream there as
2: well. Okay, all right. Listen, thanks for that, Des. Have fun with it because it sounds like you will. All thanks right. a thanks. million. Bye bye, bye bye, and uh, well done uh, to, to Glamworth National School for coming up with. it. People are just desperate to try for fundraising because you know so many different charities and schools and people are normally out fundraising. Their normal fundraising events they haven't been able to have them this year, so it's always great when somebody they think a little bit outside the box and certainly Cow Splat Bingo is thinking outside the box on behalf of Glenworth National School. Check out their Facebook page if you'd like to support them and buy one of their tickets and who knows you could be the lucky winner. Noel in Kilmurray says uh, Patricia thank you for your show, thank you for that. Uh, With regards to the reopening of pubs wouldn't it be nice if publicans could stock more beers from the many local breweries the small breweries, the microbreweries that we have here in Cork instead of it always being the big multi Nationals shop local drink local says Noel in uh, Kilmora yeah it would be lovely and we have got some fantastic microbreweries. we've come across so many of them when we take the show out and we've gone to various food festivals over the years and every single time we go out we try and feature some of the microbreweries. there are so many of them and some of the beers are absolutely fantastic and taste really really gorgeous and I know I have a bit of a problem with gluten I have a gluten intolerance and some of the gluten free beers because when they started to do gluten free beers they really didn't taste good but goodness me over the years I've tasted some fantastic gluten free beers and they've come from those small microbreweries here in Cork so yes no that is a good suggestion and somebody else says when we are comparing pubs in England to Ireland there's no comparison because pubs in England the beer of drink is way cheaper for example for example the chain Wetherspoons they will offer free drink with your food it's a different story there you can get a bottle of wine for as little as £6 in some bars. You wouldn't get a bottle of wine in this country for £6. But in defence of Irish pubs, the big problem we have with the sale of alcohol is how much of it ends up in the coffers of the Revenue Commissioners, how much is in excise duty and in VAT and that's the big difference between us and many other countries. When people talk about going to Spain and getting cheap wine, they don't pay half the excise duty that we do on every single drink that we have here. 1850 333 103 We're going to take a break. We have news at Twelve midday on the way. We'll catch up with some of your comments coming into the programme, and Joe Heffern is going to talk about languishing. It's a new phrase that has come out from uh, psychologists, and it's all about languishing through life. And for some people, that's the way they feel at the moment. It's just the same old, kind of a bit of a Groundhog Day uh, feel to us. What can we do about it? We'll talk about that and more
0: in the next hour. Court today on C103
3: with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie.
2: some emails into patricia at c103.ie and this is with regard, both of them actually are on the same theme this is to do with rubbish disposing of rubbish and dog fouling. Starting with uh, Margaret who's contacted us from Donnerale and this is a direct uh, reaction to a listener who had paid a lovely visit to Donnerale Park yesterday so it was absolutely gorgeous, lovely to see people picnicking there and what was just, the downside was Wasn't any bins to be seen and a very few seating areas. Well, Margaret reacts and says, hi, Patricia, there are no bins in Donnerwell Park and there are no bins for a reason. They were taken out simply because when they were full, people just put bags of rubbish down alongside them and went off along on their merry way. Having bins means there has to be staff to remove and dispose of the rubbish. Huge amounts of bins, though, for the disposal of your dog poo. And guess what happens? Dirty articles use them to stuff in their coffee cups and their wrappers. And then when they're full, they just land their rubbish near. The containers that are there for dog poo. So, here's what you have if you want to pay a visit to Donneray Park. You have free entry. You have free poo bags as you come in any of the gates. You've got free bins to dispose of said bags. You've got free walks. You've got free parking. The motto is, enjoy all of the free services and please take home your own rubbish. Take responsibility for your own behaviour and stop ruining it for everybody else. Put a rubbish bag in your car. They are magic. They fit into your pocket, but when opened, you can put all of your rubbish into it. Then what you do? You place it back into your car. Encourage your children to pick up and show good example. Leave no trace. And, and you're right. It's all about showing good example to uh, children. Thank you for that. And uh, people who have uh, access to Donwell Park, blessed. It's one of those wonderful, wonderful uh, amenities. And then this is from Stephen in Gary Lucas uh, has sent in lengthy email along with photographs to show me what he is talking about. And it says, hello, there are there currently is a requirement for the collection of rubbish that, that has accumulated at the entrance to White Strand Gary Lucas Beach in Kinsale the accumulation which is growing by the day has only started since the easing of Covid restrictions from the 5k to the county bounds as you can see from the photographs that I'm emailing to you they contain amongst other items discarded coffee cups full dog-fouling bags? It beggars the mentality that some people have when they see a pile of rubbish that instead of getting it removed, that in their wisdom, in inverted commas, they should just add to the pile of rubbish. And these are the same people that travel to the beach to enjoy the facility. I wonder when it turns into a landfill site. Will these same people simply move to another public area of great beauty and natural resorts only to start littering again? Our public beaches c- countrywide need proper facilities all year round such as rubbish bins dog fouling bins and unfortunately it needs overt policing people cannot simply be trusted to use our beaches without littering and destroying its natural beauty therefore as previously stated overt policing has to be used to act as a deterrent Kinsale is the start of the Wild Atlantic Way White's Strand slash Gary Lucas Beach is the first beach that tourists foreign and domestic will arrive at. They'll park in the car park and proceed to the beach. At the entrance to the beach they'll be greeted by a pile of rubbish consisting of the coffee cups and the dog fouling bags. You might call it dog SHIT when you stand in it and when you find your children making sand castles with it. There's a link to Kinsale.ie's Twitter page. In this link It states that according to Instagram analysis of the number of photographs taken per mile at Wild Atlantic Way is the eighth most beautiful trip in the world. I would hate for this tweet to turn into the heading at Wild Atlantic Way is the eighth most littered road trip in the world. White Strand, Gary Lucas Beach has been earmarked for development for a beach activity centre. This has the possibility of being a double-edged sword as it'll be welcomed economic growth for the area but at the expense of the natural beauty and ecosystem of the beach and the bog wetland. As it stands, large groups are using the beach facility and leaving the rubbish behind them. If you increase the number of people, then you'll also increase the volumes of rubbish being discarded. To sum this problem up in short... We need rubbish bins and dog fouling bins and we need them from this weekend until this time next year. Thank you for reading this out. And uh, Stephen has sent me on photographs of the rubbish that's collected at the entrance to the uh, beach. And you know what's completely ironic? It's, It's accumulated under a sign that says clean up after your dogs. And then on close inspection, there's a load of people have just brought their dogs and brought their bags with them. And then dumped it along with all the the coffee cups. And Stephen is right for whatever reason and it's again part of the mentality I can't understand the mentality of anybody who dumps anywhere. But what is it about when people see a small pile of rubbish and they think oh that's where you leave your rubbish. See people just add to it. And unless it gets cleaned up fairly quickly it can in a short period of time. What started out with a bag of two can suddenly accumulate and can have lots of bags and lots of rubbish and lots of coffee cups. I can't understand it. And I I, I know the point you're making, Stephen, that we need to have more rubbish bins. But I refer back to Margaret's email as to why the rubbish bins had to be removed from Donner Park for the very reason that if the bins got full and started overflowing, rather than people saying, oh, that bin is full, I'll bring my rubbish home, people then were leaving all of the rubbish beside the bins and then that became a sort of a mini rubbish dump. And that happens everywhere. And the council will say, as much as we'd love to, they would love to put bins, you know, every so many hundred yards, they don't have the staff to go and empty them. And if you're pulling bins, unless you have... Proper staff to staff them and empty them and keep them empty, what will happen is people will go along, see the bin, oh the bin is full, leave it on the ground uh, beside it. It's like what happens at the bottle banks and areas have lost bottle banks, and recycling facilities because of it. Because when people go, if the bottle bank or the can bank is full, rather than, and I know it's frustrating to load up all your bottles into the car and you head down to the bottle bank and you get there and it's full and it's frustrating to have to go home or find another bottle bank and or bring it home with you and then return on another day. But for some people, the very fact that they're at, at the bottle bank, even if the bottle bank is full, they'll just take the box out of the boot of the car and they'll leave it beside the bottle bank. And because of that, we've lost some of those recycling facilities, which is a shame on those people who are doing it right and who will never leave rubbish uh, behind. But just on dog uh, litter this is actually from today's paper from the Irish, uh, the Echo I picked up this, Cork County Council are joining up with local authorities in Clare, in Limerick and in Tipperary and it's a new social media campaign to try to combat dog litter. Now I don't know if this is going to work or not but the purpose of the social media campaign which is going to start from the 28th of uh, April which is tomorrow and it'll run through right across the bank holiday weekend up to the 3rd of May and it's to raise awareness with dog owners of the importance of taking personal responsibility and cleaning up after your dog. Councillor Mary Lenehan Foley, the Mayor of Cork County, is quoted as welcoming the social media campaign targeting the scourge of dog waste on our streets, our footpaths, our greens and our other public spaces. She said dog litter is an issue throughout Cork County Everyone has an experience of stepping into it or wheeling your buggy or your wheelchair or your bike through it. She said, I'm asking citizens with dogs to please be responsible. Show that you love your dog, but also show that you love your community and your county and protect public health. Please pick up after your dog, bag and bin the dog waste. The campaign will highlight that all bags containing dog waste are litter. And this this includes dog litter bins that are compostable but also emphasising the importance for dog owners to control the dog but not allowing them to roam freely not leaving dog waste in public areas and the importance of bringing home your dog waste with you if there are no public bins or if you get to a public bin and it is full and the campaign is going to highlight how dog waste can spread disease it's estimated that a single gram of dog waste can contain wait for this 23 million faecal Chloroform bacteria. Twenty three million pieces of bacteria in one single gram of dog poo. Uh, and of course we only spoke a couple of weeks ago with that young mother from up the country whose little lad, remember ended up in hospital, got really really unwell, was out in the green area playing football with the other kids, little seven year old, kicking the ball around and she had, as soon as he came in the front door she could get the smell of dog poo so she had to remove all his clothes, shower him, do all of that. A couple of days later the little lad gets really really unwell, spiked a really high temperature, ended up having very bad stomach cramps with uh, diarrhoea and vomiting Ended up getting very dehydrated, ended up in the hospital. They thought it was COVID first. He did five days in hospital and they eventually worked out that he picked up some kind of a bacteria from dog poo. And then, of course, the mother went to Ching, remembered what had happened a couple of days before he got sick. So that it is there is a health implication to not cleaning up after your dog. And you can follow the campaign on Cork County Council's Environmental Department's Facebook page. And as I say, that goes live from tomorrow. but It's Cork County Council along with Clare, Limerick and Tipperary. And then I read of a local council up the country. This is Leitrim County Council, who are planning to test dog poo DNA. That's in an effort to try to track down the pet owners who are not cleaning up after their animals. Leitrim County Council have said samples will be taken by the animal's the animal warden in the area where there's significant dog fowling. They will then be matched with saliva samples taken from dogs in the same area. Owners will be asked for their cooperation in allowing saliva samples, saliva samples to be taken from their dogs and they can, then be, they can be issued with a notice under the Animal Health and Welfare Act to compel them to do so get Fido to open his mouth there. We want a saliva sample please. Leatham County Council is the first local authority in Ireland to implement this initiative. The initiative has been run on a pilot basis. They have an initial budget of €3,000 and they will review it after one uh, year and uh, of course they talk about how they're, they they have the very same on the spot fines of €150 euro that can be issued for people not cleaning up after their dog but any time that we go and look for the figures on the number of people who have been prosecuted for not cleaning up after their dog, the numbers are absolutely tiny. So well done to Leitrim County Council and I am assuming that other county councils around the country will very closely watch what's going on in Limerick, in Leitrim County Council to see how successful this will be, matching the dog poo, getting the DNA and the saliva samples. It's like something out of line of duty. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. John Paul takes your calls, text or WhatsApp Oh eight six two. 103,
0: 103 The C103 Cork Diary
3: With Cork County Council's Community Support Program Here to assist vulnerable people With their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic See corkcoco.ie
2: Cork Deaf Association are offering free online classes In mindfulness for people who suffer from tinnitus It's on Tuesday evenings between 5 and 7 More information, contact Sarah at corkdeaf.ie Or phone 083 027 60 uh, Kildare Home Bingo books for week 6 are now on sale that's at Kildare Post Office and the Community Office of Sullivan Centra Tornhill's opticians and also admires myers Hall in Mitchellstown. St. Vincent de Paul have got a collection van in Dunstores car park in Bishopstown this Friday, 8am in the morning until half three in the afternoon. They're looking for donations, please, of bagged, clean clothing, shoes, curtains and soft furnishing. Toys, by the way, will also be accepted. And Dara Community Centre is offering a free online four-week health programme. It's with nutritionist Michelle Rhyme, which will include practical health advice, recipes, wellness and weight management. The classes are 15 minutes long and they'll run from 10am on Wednesday mornings starting on May the 5th. Zoom details are available on the Dara. Community Centre Facebook page.
0: Cork today on C103.
3: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, CMIG.ie.
0: For C103 photos, videos, and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for C103Cork. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
2: 2103 103, 103. Uh, Hi Patricia, we can talk all day about rubbish but at the end of the day there's no law there for the culprits. I found a bag of rubbish recently. It had three different receipts in it and nothing was done uh, about uh, it. We need to start prosecuting more people. Uh, Patricia, something needs to be done about cat poo as well. It can be, And I know when I did that interview with the mum uh, whose little fella, little lad, ended up in the hospital she said it's not just dog faeces it's cat faeces uh, as well Hi, My wife and I walk the paths in Glantan Village and Kilshanick GAA Pitch. Dog fouling is so bad in both areas there's no respect for the great facilities that are available to people to use. Someone else said there's no reason why people can't take their rubbish home. No but unfortunately some decide not to. And then a couple of other texts in on Pat Doyle who joined us from the Peter McVerry uh, Trust. Great great guy uh, John says, "Patricia, wasn't Pat Doyle better than any politician you've interviewed in years when it comes to housing? And I bet he isn't on 130k per year." Uh, Politics of this country ruined, says John. We need an election. We need it by the end of the year. And then, what? Who are you going to vote in instead, John? Uh, thank you for your text. Now, there's a couple of people then on about um, on about vaccines and getting their vaccines and. Uh, people registered on a certain date I can't find some of them now they were there uh, and people registering on a certain date and they're not getting it like for example somebody says hi Patricia I'm 66 I registered my vaccine on Sunday the 18th of April and I'm still waiting to be contacted my sister-in-law on the other hand is 67 she went registered the day before me she got her vaccination last Friday I wonder if any of your listeners aged 66 have got their jab yet or have they got a date for it I live in the Mid Cork area thanking you enjoy your programme thank you for that and I know there was someone else that was on to me I just can't find there's so many texts oh there it is hi Trish um, this is from Eileen in Cove I'm 68 registered for my vaccine on Friday the 16th of April on Saturday the 17th next day I received a text with my appointment for Tuesday the 20th of April that was fast it was indeed and that's from Eileen in uh, Cove And we've had so many people contact us from different areas and different age groups. Some got it, some didn't. All I can say is they are working through the 260,000 people in their 60s who registered. So just bear in mind the amount of people that have registered and they've only just started working through all of them. So they will get to you eventually. I, I have no way of working out how they're doing it. I thought at one stage that maybe they were going to do it by age, that they would do all this, the people of 69, they registered and then work down to the 68, 67, 66, 65. Doesn't seem to be that they're doing it that way. My gut instinct would say it's postcode. But then that doesn't tie in with people saying that, you know, I live in the same area as as a sister or a friend and I got it and my friend didn't so I don't know if it's the postcode either but it's certainly it's computers the computers are generating the appointments and sending them out uh, to people I don't know if we can get any definitive answer from the HSE as to what way they're doing it except to say that they are working through the 60 the 60 year olds are allowed to get to register today And I know when we were talking about the 60 to 64 year olds registering, I know initially we were told it would be in about two weeks time after registering that they would receive their appointment date. So that leads me to believe that within those, that two week period, they're working on the 65 to 69 year olds. So I suppose patients more than anything else. And somebody says, do you know, Patricia, if, would you be able to get the Johnson & Johnson jab if you're in your 60s instead of the AstraZeneca, if you feel that that would be your choice? I know we've always been told we cannot pick the vaccine that we want. Now we're waiting for the NIAC recommendation that's gone to the cabinet. We know the cabinet are meeting this morning and we're waiting on the decision for Johnson & Johnson to be available to the over 50s. Now I'm assuming if it's available to the over 50s it'll be available to the over 60s as well. It'll depend on how much AstraZeneca versus Johnson & Johnson is there. But I know you can't go in and say I don't want that one, I want that one and that's the same for all of the age groups. Now you can, you can we, we've been told and we know that people have done that. You can refuse the AstraZeneca and say you want to wait until another vaccine is available. But again, you can't hand pick the vaccine, but you'll have to wait until everybody in your cohort is vaccinated and then you'll be offered another one. And there's no guarantee that you won't be offered AstraZeneca uh, again. I have heard from so many people who went to were nervous about getting AstraZeneca. And when they went in and spoke, there's doctors, people available to talk you through it. It is just bear it in mind because it's the same with the Johnson and Johnson. They're, they are very, very rare. The side effects, of the blo- blood clotting, they are a tiny, minuscule proportion of people have had a bad side effect versus people who got a blood clot if God forbid you got COVID so you've got to weigh it all up and that's what the experts have been doing and that's why the experts are recommending that it is safe for people in their 60s and then on toilets, listener says Patricia would you pay 5 euro to use the loo would I pay five euro to, if I was desperate? I was, yeah, there's nothing worse than needing to go to the loo. I don't know if I'd pay five euro. It does seem like a lot. But would I pay to use the loo? Yes, I would. Anyway, this listener says the opening up of the country isn't much good to me as I need to use a toilet every, thir- every 40 to 90 minutes. I'm assuming that's some medical condition. I do think that if you're selling takeaway of any kind, you should be obliged to open up toilets the way people, that way people might not be urinating on our uh, streets. So I know, I think it's tomorrow we're hoping to do something on public uh, toilets and the need for more Public toilets because we need to do something about it until we get more places open. Like I suppose once outdoor dining opens, there will be more toilets opened. But do the council in the meantime need to put in some facilities? Do we need portolos? But then if we put portolos uh, in, unless they are very clearly supervised they can end up almost being a health hazard uh, as well but yes it is b- and I think now that we're allowed to move outside of our 5k it's become more than an issue than anything I've heard of people who would love to travel beyond their 5k but because they know that they won't be able to find a toilet on the way I mean somebody needs to use the, the loo every 40 to 90 minutes is obviously a medical condition but even if you're travelling with young children when a young child wants to go to the toilet they want to go to the toilet can't understand you've got to hold it for another half an hour until you get home so it is stopping people going outside there uh, 5k and you do have people urinating on the street we heard yesterday the number of people who were on the beaches that were there all day with no public toilets at some of the beaches where were they going to go to the toilet so we know that people are using the great outdoors as well in order to go to the toilet 1850 333 103 uh, John Paul taking your calls and Phil says Patricia I got my job in City Hall on Saturday morning um, 66 the nurses and staff were so nice no delay either it was so organized it was absolutely brilliant there's some real positive feedback coming back when you're ready to
0: pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Back ...from all the vaccination centers and just how organized and how well run they are.
0: Court Today on C103.
3: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk.
2: CMIG.ie
0: This is the Court Today replay on C103.
2: And a quick text in from John Hearn, PRO for Aragland GAA to say, Patricia, would you please thank everybody who helped make last Sunday's Drive-In Bingo in Aragland such a success. 106 cars attended. It was very successful and a very safe event. Drive-In Bingo returns to Aragland Community Field on Sunday next, the 2nd of May, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And P.S. says John, not a single piece of litter was left behind last Sunday. Everybody took their litter home with them. Well done, well done to everybody who went to that driving bingo in Arrigan. If you fancy that, it's next Sunday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Joe Heffernan uh, joins us uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good
8: afternoon, Patricia. And interesting w- that you were talking about the litter there. Where uh, the road that passes our house, the L one o three five, okay, seems to be the dump for Borby. Um, I think we must be just at the point where um, a takeaway meal or a coffee or something finishes, and out the window of the car it goes. It's a disgrace the way the
2: road can be. It's shocking. It's and I can see. as Soon as I mention litter, lots of texts coming in about people from people saying, you know, talking about different areas where litter. It's yeah. just it, it it is shameful. I thought about you yesterday when I saw the golfers back. Are you back Are you back golfing? Or any plans to get back golfing?
8: Well I do indeed. I Gee. do indeed. Um A S A P No, I have an all back problem which um the last three times I tried to play golf a good bit ago. Um I had to pack it in. Um okay. just couldn't keep going. But um yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I had a procedure there recently um, an epidural, and um, I'm hoping that that might help. Well, I know um, phys- yeah, i I heard,
2: it. I heard a physiotherapist yesterday just advising people as they rushed back out to the golf courses and the tennis courts and the children back, uh, back in their pods training to just be careful that you can, you know, when when you're heading back out because a lot of people have been inactive and not using yeah. you know and they, he, they a lot were talk- of us
8: have put on a little bit of a tummy
2: yeah that, um, but they were talking about the people swinging the golf clubs and carrying yeah. the golf clubs and you, know, you just need to be careful I'm bending up and down clicking the ball and that so just uh, yeah. be careful yeah. and mind your back and, and and
8: and I heard the gentleman yesterday about uh, the, the, the dogs in the estate barking yeah. and he was talking about all day long well I can assure you they're, they're no barking either when they're barking at night yeah.
2: OK, that's all of our giving out done for today. Now, right. we're going to talk today about kind of a, a new word, really, uh, or a new term or a phrase, languishing. And, I, and I'm assuming this is languishing through life. And there is this sense, and I mentioned this earlier when I was talking to Ken, that when I was teeing up that we'd be talking about it. I've even noticed here on a Monday when you'd come into work and the few of us that are here at the usual, ah, how do we again go? And inevitably, you'll get the answer. Same old, same old. It's like we're all just just plodding through at the moment. And that's the kind of the languishing, isn't it? Is that what you're talking Absolutely. about?
8: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I saw an article by um, uh, an organisational psychologist uh, called Adam Grant. I think it was an, an article from the New York Times. And um, I was very interested in it. And, um, uh no, he had a word at the start of it that I didn't kind of recognise was, if you're feeling blah, B-L-A-H. Have you heard that
2: before? Yeah, blah would be. That's exactly what languishing would be. It's, okay, it's, it's a kind right. of a, no, how are you feel Blah. It's like a nothingness. Yeah, you're not, you're not yeah. feeling good, bad or indifferent. You're just somewhere in the middle.
8: Yeah, so um, uh, there was a discussion then. I was very interested in it on the word um, and on the state of languishing. Like, it was a sense of kind of stagnation and emptiness. A kind of a uh, just muddling along trouble concentrating trouble uh, you know just going through the motions every day and the article also stated that um, even with the vaccines on the horizon that people are finding it very difficult to be optimistic about 2021 I suppose you wouldn't blame us because we've been optimistic before and our hopes have been dashed so but um yeah like he 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 talked about um uh, the the two uh, um ends of the spectrum of mood one being uh depressed and the other being flourishing um that was a very interesting book um uh, written uh, i saw recently too, called flourishing um uh but
2: so it's somewhere. Often, it's somewhere, in the
8: the somewhere in the middle, the person is somewhere in the middle there. We are neither clinically depressed, nor are we flourishing. We are sort of languishing. Um, it's a sort of not functioning well, but getting through the day. Not depressed, but neither thriving. So that kind of a state. Now I could really identify with it. Um, I was kind of thinking, okay. Get up, um, you know, uh get on with the day, do the few things that have to be done. Uh don't think too much, preferably <laughs> if you can manage it, don't think at all. And um uh, uh and I thought, yeah, yeah, we're languishing.
2: Yeah, we're and I, I think so many people Will identify with it because when I when I read the article that you sent on, I was thinking, God, yeah, I, I get days where because I, I know I get days where I have to nearly shake myself and say, Look at everything you've got to be grateful for. Think of and in my, end kind of make a mental list in my head of three things that I'm grateful for at that moment to try to snap myself out. And you're right, it's not, it's not that I'm depressed but i'm certainly not flourishing either and i'm just yeah. stuck in this rut and you really have to kind of dust yourself down and say cop yourself on a little bit here things are not that bad but it's just hard it's just we're languishing yeah so yeah. what can we, what the, can uh, we do what's what's what are there what's the coping mechanism well
8: one of the big dangers is we mightn't even notice that we're getting into that kind of a state um we we might just drift into um you know, a lack of drive, um, slipping slowly into a kind of um, um, uh, a solitude which is not um, uh, like Wordsworth's uh, uh, the bliss of solitude, but another kind of a solitude where we're turning in on ourselves. So the first thing I suppose we need to do is be aware of it, like. If the way you said there not a while ago, you know, that's a very good word you said, and I can find that that's the way things are, The odd day or many a day. Right, so that's a start, that we we can't do much about anything unless we're aware of it. So if you find that, you, if you think about it now, and the world languishing, and if you say, yeah, I have slipped into an old rut, I have slipped into bad habits, and uh, and I am slipping into uh, a kind of a loneliness where I'd be just as pleased not to bother um, uh, making that call or, or whatever. So that'd be the first thing I think in uh, Patricia would be um, uh, being aware. Now we often talked on on, the, on 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 our Tuesdays. We we often talked about flow. Flow means something. Is taking our total and full attention, which of course is a wonderful, wonderful thing um, Now, I wouldn't be one of the people I don't have any, says they say green fingers, but um, I've read many an article about um, gardening mm-hmm. that, um, that if a person uh, can get really into um, their garden and gardening, which I suppose at this time of year is the ideal time um, that that, for example, gets one into flow. That they're, you know, oblivious of all the worries and cares of the world. And uh, the the main thing is to get that plant planted. Or
2: whatever whatever you're doing and I, I find whenever I potter out into the garden I wouldn't be the best green figures in the world but uh, but, I get, I, but I enjoy it but you literally before you know it you know something that you went out and uh, it'll take me 10 minutes to do an hour and a half two hours can have passed and you think God where did that go I mean literally it can just time just flies but you're right you're totally focused on what you're doing and you're not yeah. thinking of anything else
8: absolutely and and like that can be uh, that can be one of um, a zillion uh, little things. Um, uh, I, um, a good friend of mine has been uh, using jigsaws recently. Um, you know, these kind of thousand-piece jigsaws. Um, fair enough. I, I don't know. Um, with me, it's reading. But, um, you know, the likes of the word puzzles, the likes of um, a crossword um I don't know much about the Sudoku because I think that's kind of it's mathematical.
2: Love, and absolutely, huh? I absolutely love doing Sudoku. And again, I get lost in it. I would spend hours doing it. It's it's and numbers. That's yeah. a blessing.
8: Yeah. that gets you into yeah. flow.
2: Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. It will probably get me into a breakdown because um, it's <laughs> mathematical, isn't it?
2: It is. Yeah, it's numbers. Oh well, that's yeah.
8: enough for Joe. Okay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't. Uh, that uh, that would not be a relaxing thing for me at all. But um yeah so like small challenges like that um that, that won't get us um uh, all um fired up, but would um, uh, would would uh, would take over the thinking process completely with the concentrating on it um yeah.
2: Would yes. you put meditation, if, I, uh, meditation to me, I'm, I'm always, I've always struggled with meditation. I love the idea of meditating. If you can meditate and do mindfulness, but it's, it's a kind of a learned thing, isn't it? Absolutely.
8: But of course, it would be a A1 ideal. Um, with me, it would be just concentrating on breathing. Um, do you know, I think a lot of meditation is just concentrate on one's breathing. I'm breathing into the tummy, I'm holding my breath, and then I'm breathing out my mouth, and uh, and I'm concentrating on that. I'm actually giving conscious thought to the act of breathing. Now, that works for me, um, whereas um, there may be more exotic types of meditation with... um, uh wonderful scenes and all that that it it must be brilliant for those who find that one to be um good um like you have all these apps now like um headspace and cam and uh, i heard of another one the other day a person was telling me that they were finding a one called aura very good a-u-r-a okay so um as the man says Whatever works. works for
2: you. Yeah. I, I, I signed up during during the lockdown too. It's, you know, Sister Stan in, in Dublin. She mm. she runs a thing called uh, The Sanctuary where they, she's big into mindfulness. And uh, I signed up for an online meditation thing that they do a couple of times a week. And it's the it's a Wednesday evening one was the one I uh, would suit me time-wise. And uh, I, I kept falling asleep. I can't, it's a Zoom call. I just I can't stay awake when they do it. It's fantastic. But I just, I'm asleep for the... <laughs> for the half well, an house, so I, I you mean, mean, it's probably and I mean, beneficial. The is yeah. telling
8: you a little message to yeah. that, you know. You work out. You work very hard. Maybe
2: that's hard it. And, maybe um, that's it. I just, yeah. I love the idea of mindfulness, but it's just as I say, I either the, my mind gets too busy, or else the the opposite. I I, I fall off to sleep. But anyway, yeah. Uh, let me get back yeah. to it's whatever it's it's whatever will slow you down and stop you thinking. And, and for me, it's a novel. For yeah. me, it's a good,
8: interesting read, and I could be walking around and I could be thinking about the characters. Now, have I got that mixed up? Uh, that's John. That's Mary. Oh, yeah. And their son now is Tim. Yeah, okay. And um, because one of the things was a novel that kind of, um, uh, <laughs> I keep turning back a page two to find out exactly who is who. I do uh,
2: exactly the same thing. the author
8: thing. has put in quite a few characters. Yeah, I do yeah.
2: exactly the same thing. I do right. exactly the right. same thing. Okay, so yeah. just to, to and make you say like small goals, small challenges, like small the, goals. the the jigsaw the, the was a good one.
8: Yeah, absolutely, and um, and uh, and to actually do it, you see, we're great to think up stuff and uh, and um, and all that. But but if we don't do it, um, the thought is just um, you know a feather in the wind. It doesn't matter because it's what you do. At the end of the day, is is what matters, um, uh, and uh, to be aware uh, of um, of our world. To be aware, for example, with all this languishing thing. No, um, all right. So you're not officially depressed, but um, uh, but you're struggling. You you're not kind of like uh, at the end of your tether, but neither are you feeling anywhere full of energy. Uh, another thing to watch, of course, is teaching us because um you none of us is in great form, you know
2: again, you um, hear people say that I have a very short fuse at the moment. people are snappy yeah. with other yeah. people, and just to be understanding of that, I suppose, with people and, that you live with yeah,
8: and to be honest about how how you are in a day, you know that um that if you are feeling down, for example, if you don't feel like much talk at a given time to just say look I I'm taking a bit of time out I'm 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 languishing today mm. um uh is no harm at all and um I know most people when we meet people how are things well at least people are being fairly honest now they're saying like struggling on um uh true yeah, rather, rather well, than before, before yeah, it was like we were all fine. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. that's true. Yeah.
2: Uh, but but it is good to talk as well. It is good to open up and and tell people. Oh,
8: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's an article on, on online at the moment now um, uh, by a company in in Cork um, in conjunction with IACP, a company called Fusion, and um, uh, they have. Um, uh, you know, there are links um uh, and the the important one is um the one IACP dot I didn't actually know that there are two and a half thousand of us in the country um of trained and fully accredited um trustworthy therapists um and nationwide. So I mean if you're in wherever if 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 you're in Watford uh, city, uh, and it says find a therapist, uh, you click on that, and then you go down alphabetically and you click on Watford City, and there would be about 14 or 15 or more or less, I don't know, um, uh, fully fully accredited therapists. So it is good to talk. And
2: are you doing face-to-face or is that over Zoom?
8: Well, I'll tell you now the way things are with me. I'm working by phone at the moment. But um, I've had my two Pfizer jabs because I do quite a bit of HSE work. And um, uh, when Mary has had her two as well, she's waiting for her second. Well, then I intend to get back to face to face.
2: Yeah. So I um...
8: would reckon like um, uh, thinking out loud um, uh, towards the end of May.
2: And at this time with what everybody's what everybody's going through, I mean looking after your mental health is probably never been more important than it is at the moment.
8: Absolutely totally. Absolutely totally. Um uh you know, uh, I, I've had quite a few phone calls from people who would have said that they were at the end of their tether that they couldn't take this thing anymore and we talk and when they when they kind of can express the um the feelings that they're feeling and, and that. And when we go through stuff, um, it does help. There's yeah. no question whatsoever yeah,
2: Absolutely, about Absolutely. Okay, yeah. listen, um, and just on exercise, let's finish where we started. The listener says, in relation to returning to exercise, a good thing to do is a bit of brief stretching beforehand. People may remember some from their PE class at school. Also, it's advised, if people feel pain, especially joint or, or back pain, like your good self, Joe, stop it helps prevent doing any further damage I made that mistake before says a texter OK Joe we we'll leave it there have a good week and we'll chat next, next Tuesday thanks for joining us thank you and uh, Joe's number is 086 834 8145 and that's where we wrap it up for today my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon somebody's just sent in a text saying Patricia we've hailstones in Ballycloth they're on the way we'll talk to you tomorrow 10 Until the night Patricia Messner. very good afternoon stay safe
0: Court today on C103
3: with John Cusack Insurances Can Sale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.